Hello, I'm Brenna Asplund, and this is Sunrise, the novel I wrote as a teenager in response to how much I hated Twilight. You see, I was a young teen girl at the height of the Twilight craze, which meant that everyone expected me to read and be obsessed with the series. I responded to this, being the literary snob and hipster that I was, by basically dedicating my life to hating Twilight. I was a part of message boards dedicated to hating Twilight, where I wrote essays on how abusive Edward and Bella's relationship was. I once won the fourth book in a white elephant gift exchange, and I took a red pen to it, tore it apart metaphorically, and then tore the book apart literally and threw all the pages away. And, of course, I wrote this complete 60,000-word novel in an attempt to both parody Twilight and to prove I could write a better novel than Stephanie Meyer. I recently thought it might be entertaining to revisit this novel, and several people expressed interest in hearing it. So, here it is, presented in all of its unedited teen glory, Sunrise, the anti-Twilight novel. Chapter 1. A more romantic, unimaginative girl would say his eyes were smoldering, Anne knew they weren't. Eyes didn't smolder unless they were on fire. But while they weren't smoldering, they were staring at her. The eyes belonged to a boy, a really handsome boy sitting by himself across the cafeteria. He was tall with blonde hair and blue eyes, most girls' picture of a knight in shining armor. Anne was also sitting by herself. She was average height with brown hair and brown eyes and thought the way the boy was staring at her was really creepy. Hi, I'm Joseph. Who are you? This voice belonged to another boy who had approached while Anne was distracted. He was kind of short, with tan skin and dark, shaggy hair. Anne. She took hold of his outstretched hand and shook it. Can I sit here? asked Joseph, gesturing to the seat next to Anne. Anne shrugged. Joseph sat down and placed his tray on the table. He picked up one of his chicken nuggets and examined it. You know, sometimes I wonder if there's any meat in these at all. Probably not, replied Anne, not really paying attention. Who's that, she asked, gesturing towards the boy a few tables away. Joseph looked up, and his eyes narrowed. Oh, him, he said, waving a hand as if in dismissal. That's William Calder. Every girl in the school has a crush on him. Hmm. Anne was thoughtful. William had stopped staring at her as soon as Joseph had sat down. Anne picked up a couple of chicken nuggets and quickly swallowed them, standing up to throw away her styrofoam tray. Joseph followed. So did you just move here? Yeah, Anne said, dumping her leftover food in the trash. My family and I live in one of the houses in the new subdivision in Sanaquin. Joseph nodded, throwing his food away as well. We live in Sanaquin too, on Main Street. Santaquin, Utah was such a small town that it didn't even have its own high school. Anne's new school was in Payson, a town nearby. They had reached the door to the cafeteria. Joseph held it open for Anne as she walked through. How are you liking it so far? Anne shrugged, wondering why this boy was following her around. It's okay, I guess. The mountains are nice. Joseph nodded. Whenever I go somewhere without them, I completely lose my sense of direction. Were there not any mountains where you used to live? There were some, but not so close by, said Anne. They came to an intersection between two hallways. What's your next class? asked Joseph. Anne looked at her schedule. Science. What teacher? Peterson. That's my dad, said Joseph, 
I'm sure you'll like him. He's a great teacher. It's just down that way, he pointed to the hallway heading left. I've got history, he said, gesturing to the hall going right. Anne nodded. See you later. Bye. They went their separate ways. As Anne waded through the crowded halls, she considered her day so far, stared at by one strange boy and talked to by another. There was plenty of time left before the bell rang when Anne reached her classroom. She reached for the doorknob and twisted it. A bunch of cardboard boxes fell out and buried her. Anne screamed, thrashing around and knocking the boxes off her. Oh dear, I'm terribly sorry about that. This voice belonged to a man with darkish skin and long, dark hair pulled back in a ponytail. He was wearing round glasses and a long lab coat. Let me help you. He moved the rest of the boxes off of Anne and helped her to her feet. That's the second time today. He carried the boxes into the classroom and Anne followed. He began stacking them on the table at the front of the room. I was just trying to carry these microscopes up here and I lost my balance. The man, Anne guessed that it must be Mr. Peterson, hadn't lost his smile this entire time. He turned back around to face Anne and studied her over the top of his glasses. Wait a second, do I know you? No, she replied, I just moved here. Ah, yes, Mr. Peterson picked up a clipboard on the table and looked it over. Annabelle, is it? He held out his hand. I prefer Anne. She shook his hand. Okay, Anne, welcome to Payson High. Would you care to help me with these? As Anne unpacked the microscopes, she finally had a chance to look around the room. The walls were littered with colorful posters having to do with anything you could think of. Piles of boxes were stacked against all the walls. Other students were starting to come into the classroom. Anne noticed how several of them paused just inside the doorway and looked around nervously. When they saw nothing was going to fall on them, they cautiously sat in their seats, testing them first in case they suddenly fell apart or something. Thank you, said Mr. Peterson when everything was unpacked. There's an empty seat on that table. He pointed towards the back and she headed down the aisle towards her seat. There were two chairs at every table and the one next to hers was empty. The bell rang. Mr. Peterson clapped his hands together. Okay, class, today we were going to be studying plant specimens under a microscope, but there was a little accident, and the microscope seemed to have sustained a significant amount of damage, so, um, we're going to watch a video instead. I'll just go and get the television. Please behave while I'm gone. Mr. Peterson walked out of the room, and the students began to talk loudly. A girl at the table in front of Anne's leaned over and spoke. Lucky, you get to sit next to William. The girl was on the tall side and had bushy blonde hair. I'm Veronica. Anne, Anne replied. You just moved here, right? Veronica scooted her chair closer to the table. Have you met William yet? I think I might have seen him earlier, said Anne. Have you seen his eyes? When he looks at something intensely, they practically smolder. He's so dreamy. Doesn't it just make you want to die? Anne rolled her eyes. The door opened, but it wasn't Mr. Peterson who entered. It was William. Here he comes, said Veronica, pulling her chair back to the, her spot and staring at him. Here he comes, said Veronica, pulling her chair back to her spot and staring at him. William proceeded down the aisle and sat down next to Anne. Hello, he said holding his hand out for her to shake. I don't believe we've met. Anne, too busy to get to class on time? Don't worry, I'm not going to get in trouble, said William. We could all skip out, and Dr. Peterson would teach his lesson to an empty classroom without noticing. 
He threw his head back and laughed at his oh-so-funny joke. Veronica and all the other girls sitting nearby joined in. Doctor, she said, not even giggling. Yeah, said William. Our science teacher has a doctorate in forensic astronomy or something. Dr. Peterson chose that moment to enter the room pulling a TV in on a pushcart. He positioned it in front of the room and pushed a tape into the VCR. So, William said as Dr. Peterson attempted to get the tape back out of the now-smoking VCR. I was going to go get some pizza after school. Would you care to join me? He was staring at Anne again, as if his eyes were attempting to light on fire. Anne was surprised by his question. She glanced at Veronica, whose expression was so blatantly full of envy not even Dr. Peterson would miss it. Anne turned back to look at William. No thanks, she said. William looked absolutely shocked for a moment, but he quickly resumed his expression of complete indifference. You don't like pizza? There's a really great sandwich joint down on... I said no, Anne turned away. The VCR had burst into flames. Dr. Peterson ran around to his desk and grabbed a fire extinguisher from off of it. Someone pulled the fire alarm while Dr. Peterson proceeded to wrestle with the extinguisher, managing to hit almost everything but the VCR. Luckily, the students were able to dodge and make it out of the classroom. In the confusion, Anne slipped away from William and avoided him for the rest of the class period. Chapter 2 Anne sat on the curb as people rushed around in general confusion. The fire was probably out by now, but they would probably be sitting out here for a while still. Anne pulled her sketchbook out of her backpack and flipped it open to a blank page. She picked up the pencil with her right hand. Pencil touched paper and it all went wrong from there. Anne erased her horrible attempt and transferred the writing implement to her left hand. Pencil touched paper again. This time, pain shot through her fingers, and she lost her grip on the wood. Anne picked up the pencil again and tried to draw, more carefully this time, but it was even worse than the first attempt. Anne ripped the paper out of the book, crumpled it up, and threw it into the street. Joseph walked out into the street and picked up the crumpled drawing. Why did you throw this away? he asked after he had unfolded it. It's not a bad picture of a cat. Anne rested her elbows on her knees and pressed her eyes into her hands. It's a wolf. Oh, said Joseph, turning the paper around. I see it now. Still not bad. Please just get rid of it. Joseph walked over and sat down next to her. Why? It's not perfect, but I can see you have talent. Anne jumped up. Don't say that! Joseph was shocked by her sudden outburst. I'm sorry, he said. I meant it as a compliment. Anne didn't reply. Instead, she picked up her backpack and walked away. A teacher had managed to get a hold of a megaphone and was calling for the students to go back inside. Please proceed to your sixth period class, she said. I repeat, please proceed to your sixth period class. Anne checked her schedule. Jim. It was her opinion that Jim was invented by evil alien life forms that were bent on the destruction of the human race and were accomplishing it by torturing their young. Veronica turned out to be in the same class as her again. I know why you're so grumpy, she said when Anne entered the locker room. You're regretting that you turned down William Calder. I certainly would. Yeah, that's definitely it, Anne said, changing into her gym clothes as quickly as possible. Are you being sarcastic? Anne rolled her eyes. Not at all. But Veronica had moved on. 
Willie asked me out once. We were going to get ice cream, she sighed. But something came up last minute and he had to cancel. Funny, now that I think about it, he hasn't talked to me since. I ignored her and pushed open the door to the alien doomsday plan and was surprised to see boys there as well as girls. This class is co-ed? No, replied Veronica, not normally. The boys' gym teacher must be gone today. There was a slightly disappointed tone in her voice. Too bad Willie Pooh has math this period. Anne had difficulty not laughing at Willie Pooh and wasn't at all surprised that Veronica knew what class he was in. Hey! Joseph was running across the gym right towards them. Anne stood up tall. Anne didn't want to talk to him right now, but there was no way she would run. He was probably going to yell at her for being rude to him earlier, but Anne didn't care. Joseph reached the spot where they stood and caught his breath. I'm really sorry about earlier. I didn't mean to offend you. I promise never to comment on your drawings again. That threw Anne off balance. He hadn't even been slightly angry. Anne almost felt bad for shouting at him. He really couldn't have known it would upset her so much. But it was really none of his business what she drew anyway. I saw that you seemed kind of down and I was worried it was my fault, Joseph continued. His look of concern was genuine and that just irritated Anne more. Don't worry, Veronica broke in. Whatever you said, that's not why she's sad. William called her, asked her out, and she turned him down. Joseph's face turned blank for a second. Then he burst out laughing. Between guffaws, he asked, you said no? Of course, Anne replied. Why wouldn't I? I don't even know him. Joseph continued to laugh. I don't know. You're just the only one who's ever refused. Hey, you three, called the gym teacher. Over here, we're starting a game of ultimate frisbee. They hurried over. The gym teacher split them into two groups, one group on each side of the gym. Joseph and Anne ended up in the same group. How do you play this game? asked Anne. Joseph thought for a second. It's kind of like tag football mixed with soccer, except not. And you play it with a frisbee. Right, that makes total sense. He recognized her sarcasm and shrugged. Sorry, I'm not really into sports. The game had started and members of the opposite team were running over to our side of the gym. Across the room, a boy threw a frisbee towards a girl near the goal. The frisbee came directly over Anne and Joseph's head. Suddenly, Joseph jumped up in the air and caught the frisbee in his mouth? No, surely not. When he landed, it was in his hands and he was looking at it, bewildered. He just stood there, as did everyone else in the gym. When they finally realized what happened, they converged on him, everyone fighting over the disc. Hey now, no tackling, shouted the teacher, pulling Joseph out of the pile of struggling teens. Blood was streaming from Joseph's nose, and there was a black ring around his eye. He tried to take a step. Ow! He fell to the ground. The teacher knelt down and felt Joseph's ankle. I think it's sprained, she said. She scanned the room. Anne, she called. You appear to be the only one here not stuck in a pile of teenagers. Help Peterson to the nurse's office. Anne walked over and put Joseph's arm around her shoulder, supporting him as he limped out of the gym. As soon as they were in the hall, he pushed Anne away and said, I can walk. His limp was only slight now. I thought you said you weren't into sports. Not knowing where to find the nurse's office, Anne let him lead the way. I, I'm not, he shook his head. Blood splashed from his nose and almost hit Anne. Well, you seem to have done pretty well there, said Anne, apart from getting severely injured. 
Joseph laughed. Yeah, that's true. Here we are. Joseph stepped in front of a door near the front office. You can probably go back now. Feel better. Anne turned to go. Wait. Anne turned back. I know you already rejected him, but I don't think he'll give up that easily, and I thought I should warn you. Stay away from William Calder, he said. Why? Anne asked. Yeah, from what she had seen so far, he was stupid, shallow, and obnoxious, but he certainly didn't seem dangerous. I... I can't say, just be careful. He hurried into the nurse's office before Anne could say anything more. Anne wondered why he wouldn't tell her. If he thought she should stay away from William, the least he could do was give her a reason. Did Joseph think she wouldn't understand his reason? That she was stupid or something? Anne could feel the anger bubbling up within her and tried to suppress it. She wasn't stupid and she was tired of people treating her like it. Well, she would show him. Joseph shut the door behind him. Idiot! She had already said no. Why did he have to warn her like that? Every other girl in the school had agreed to date William and it had turned out all right. But no other girl in the school had said no. For some reason, Joseph was sure that that would make William more interested in her than ever. And William's interest could be incredibly dangerous. Still, why warn her like that? Joseph couldn't tell her why, so it probably wouldn't do any good anyway. Excuse me, said the nurse. Do you need anything, or are you just going to stand there all day? Oh, yeah, said Joseph. Um, I think I'm okay, actually. Sorry to bother you. Joseph walked back into the hall. His nose had stopped bleeding, and his ankle felt fine. Even his black eye was starting to go away. He would have to remember to make it look like it was still injured, so no one would be suspicious. Joseph was in a bad mood. Why had he jumped up and caught the frisbee? That was stupid. Normal people don't catch frisbees in their mouths. It must have been getting close to full moon. He kept wanting to chase after all the cats he saw, and then there was that frisbee thing. Joseph sighed. He would just have to deal with it as best he could and find some way of keeping Anne away from William. End of chapter two. Join us next time when the plot is fueled by Anne's petty spitefulness.